Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Virgin and the Beast podcast. I'm your host Serena and today we are kind of doing a follow-up to our last episode which was about healthy relationships and what makes a healthy relationship. And in that episode, we looked at the Gottman Institute and some of their research and their um, sound relationship house framework. And in that, they talk about the importance of commitment and their definition of commitment. I'm just going to read it out um, from their website. Commitment means believing and acting on the belief that your relationship with this person is completely your lifelong journey for better or for worse, meaning that if it gets worse, you will both work to improve it. Commitment implies cherishing your partner's positive qualities and nurturing gratitude by comparing the partner favorably with real or imagined others rather than trashing the partner by magnifying negative qualities and nurturing resentment by comparing unfavorably with real or imagined others. So when doing my research for the last episode, that was that definition kind of, I had mixed feelings about it. I think it's a very beautiful definition, especially the nurturing gratitude part and, and, you know, trying to appreciate your partner and, and magnifying their, their good qualities. But of course my brain immediately went to like, what about abusive relationships or toxic relationships? Or, um, you know, I'm in my mid late twenties now and I've seen just in like my circle of friends and and with people I know how some people may get together when they're young, but as they grow into, um, learning more about themselves, they, they kind of realize that maybe they're not the right people for each other or, you know, needs change, or they realize that what they need in a relationship is, is different from the dynamic that they have, or that they're not with the right person. And sometimes people just grow in ways in which they're no longer compatible. Sometimes people want different things. They realize what they want in life and and they're just on two different paths and that's totally fine. And as we know, no relationship is going to be 100% perfect and rosy all the time. And all relationships take work. So how do you know whether to commit to the relationship or let it go? Um, how can you tell the difference between like a healthy relationship that you should commit to and, and one that you should maybe leave? Those were kind of some questions that were going through my mind. And so I thought, why not make an episode about that? So welcome to that episode. Uh, today, we are going to talk about deal breakers. We're going to talk about um, toxic relationships and also touch on abusive relationships and also just, you know, that piece about knowing whether or not to leave. So yeah, we'll go ahead and get started with some deal breakers. And this is kind of often, you know, earlier on in, in the relationship and in the dating sphere of things. And I asked some of our listeners on the podcast Instagram what some of their deal breakers are, which by the way, if you're not following us on Instagram, you can check us out at the Virgin and the Bees podcast and the and is spelled out. Yeah. So 
I asked some of our listeners and one thing that came up as a main deal breaker was wanting kids or not wanting kids, which makes a lot of sense. That's huge. That's uh, what I was saying. Like, as you learn more about yourself and what you want, sometimes those lifestyles of what you want align, sometimes they don't. And you can have amazing chemistry with someone and get along really well and really like them. But if you're not aligned on whether or not you want kids, that's obviously not going to work in, in the long term, right? So that that is huge, obviously. Another deal breaker that someone mentioned was lack of ability to change or adapt. And so I thought that was uh, very interesting because we learn and we grow as people, as individuals. And so having that ability to to change and grow and adapt can be a very beautiful thing and a beautiful thing in a relationship, especially as relationships grow and evolve with the people in them growing and evolving. Another deal breaker that someone mentioned was if they don't care about social issues and what's going on in the world. So that one's interesting because it's kind of both a compatibility and personality deal breaker in one. And that also goes back to the importance of knowing your own personal deal breakers and what is important to you and and what your values are. Another deal breaker was disrespect, someone who's disrespectful. And that is obviously huge. We'll actually go into that later in this episode when talking about toxic relationships and how that can be um, a quality in toxic relationships is disrespect for each other and how having respect for each other is, is really important to foster a healthy relationship. So yeah, that that is definitely a, a big deal breaker. Um, some of these are, are, you know, more for individual people, but I think disrespect is um, something that should be on everyone's, <laughs> everyone's radar. Uh, another deal breaker was someone who's a bad communicator and, uh, yeah, that's, I mean, a lot of the stuff that we talk about on this podcast is the importance of, of communication and having open communication and having that safe space where you can both share your needs. Yeah. It's very, very important. So I think it's interesting too, cause some of these things are, um, more, I don't want to say stagnant, but some of the personality things maybe like are, are more, um, I don't want to say core to the person, but when I think about someone who's a bad communicator, I think that, you know, that's something that can change and improve. And I think about, especially people, you know, when they're teenagers versus as, as they grow, like, I feel like communication can be a learned skill. I'm, I'm not saying that, you know, if someone's a bad communicator that you, should expect that they will change and get better. Like I, I, I don't think that's necessarily the case, but bad communication is, is something that I think can be something that can be worked on. And I guess all of these things can be worked on, but if you meet someone who's, you know, disrespectful, like that's a huge red flag, wanting or not wanting kids, that's just a compatibility issue right there. And I guess, you know, you can't, you shouldn't necessarily expect a bad communicator to to get better but i guess just thinking about like myself and and as i said i'm in my mid late 20s so seeing the 
the growth of me and um, my peers of how we used to communicate about relationships and communicate within our relationships when we were younger versus now, I think it is definitely something that you can grow and mature into. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Those are just kind of some of my thoughts. And thank you to everyone who shared your deal breakers. I appreciate you. We appreciate you. Um, yeah, I think those were all great. You know, they, they all touched on compatibility or personality things. And it's, it's good to know what your personal deal, deal breakers are so that when you're out in the world and dating and meeting people, you can kind of know what your values are and what's important to you and, um, make sure that you're, you're staying true to, to your values and what you want in a relationship. I also, of course, looked at some research on it as well. So I found uh, this study by a social psychology PhD candidate. Um, they did some research on relationship deal breakers and they had people um, in their research, they had people go through theoretical relationships. So it was almost like build your own adventure type of stories that they were read to and then asked like, you know, they were given kind of a deal breaker, potential deal breaker situation. And they were asked whether or not they want to continue with the relationship or uh, break off the relationship. And so it's not as maybe realistic as if they were researching actual people going through dating and breakups and whatnot, but that's kind of hard to track. So this is kind of what they did. So this is a quote from one of the researchers. Their last name is Charlotte, Charlotte. It's spelled C-H-A-R-L-O-T. So uh, however you pronounce that, I think it's Charlotte. Um, but they said that everyone has their own personal deal breakers, but the ones in our research that most frequently made people end the hypothetical relationships were one, having a partner, uh, this isn't ordered by the way, this is just the order in which they stated. I'm not sure if this was the actual order, um, but one of the deal breakers was having a partner who didn't want to be exclusive or monogamous, basically the same thing. So that's obviously huge compatibility thing right there, right? That's what the person's looking for. And, and maybe they're just in a phase in their life where they don't want a monogamous relationship that can change what people want and are looking for in terms of monogamous or casual relationships can change over time. We shouldn't expect that it will change, but if you're, if two people are at a certain point in their lives where they're both looking for different things, then that is just going to lead to, um, it's just going to lead to heartbreak on one end and probably guilt and shame on the other. So if one person's looking for a monogamous relationship and the other isn't, it's just not, it's not meant to be, at least not at that time. That is obviously a compatibility issue right there. So makes sense. Um, another deal breaker in this uh, research was a partner who had anger issues. So that's uh, very good to see that that was a common deal breaker because obviously someone who can't, um, deal with their anger in an emotionally healthy way and might take out their anger on their partner that can be, that can lead to a toxic and or abusive relationship. So 
yeah, that definitely, I can definitely see how that is a deal breaker, a common deal breaker. Another deal breaker was someone who wasn't receptive to their interests. And then the last deal breaker that they mentioned that was a common deal breaker was someone who had bad hygiene. So that was the first kind of like physical deal breaker that got brought up. It's interesting how a lot of them were more, as I said, compatibility based, personality based, and kind of, I think that being receptive to interests is kind of like a dynamic, but yeah, especially, you know, hygiene is also, also important. So those were deal breakers. Next, I wanted to talk about toxic relationships and abusive relationships because with this, you know, talk about commitment, obviously, if you're in a toxic relationship or an abusive relationship, that uh, might not be something that you want to or should commit to, especially if it's an abusive relationship. The best thing is to get out of that relationship and to do so in a safe manner. Uh, You can work with professionals. There is a hotline that I have in the description. It's a website. It has a phone number you can call, a phone number you can text, and it has an online chat tool and it also has tons of resources. So if you do suspect that you're in an abusive relationship, then please go check that out and know that you absolutely do not have to commit to that person, even if they try to manipulate you or guilt you into feeling that you should. Okay, that being said, here are some, I guess, common themes of toxic relationships. When doing this research, there were variations on kind of different themes of toxic relationships, but obviously there were a lot of common overlap. So I'm just going to list some of those common themes in no particular order. One sign is if a partner is like not supportive, very unsupportive of their other partners' uh, dreams, goals, ambitions, daily life, and they see everything as a competition and trying to one-up their partner. And their uh, it's kind of like jealousy overrides genuine like love or feeling proud of their partner or wanting their partner to succeed. That jealousy is more prominent and yeah as i said everything's a competition another sign is not caring about their partner's needs and maybe the other partner ignores their own needs and goes against their own values a one partner being toxic ignoring their partner's needs and not caring about their partner's needs then causes that partner to ignore their own needs and potentially also go against their own values. So that is not a safe, uh, not a healthy relationship. In a healthy relationship, both individuals are respecting their own boundaries and recognizing their own needs and also caring about their partner's needs and trying to meet their partner's needs and, um, you know, meeting, meeting in the middle, respecting their partner's needs while also expressing their own needs and, and caring about both. Another symptom of symptom, another sign, I guess symptom's also a good a good word, but uh, another common theme of toxic relationships is disrespect and just being mean and, 
and not treating your partner like you would treat a friend or even another human being and just not treating them with with respect. So that was, um, if you remember, one of the deal breakers that someone brought up. Uh, So yeah, making sure that they treat you with common decency and respect and that they respect you and your values and your boundaries. That is very important for a healthy relationship. Another uh, toxicity sign and also can be also prominent in abusive relationships is blame shifting and lack of accountability, which ties into gaslighting, which is a word that gets thrown around a lot on social media and the internet. But the definition of that, of gaslighting, is manipulating someone using psychological methods into questioning their own sanity or powers of reasoning. So someone not taking accountability for um, their own actions and instead shifting that blame onto the other person and making them think that it's all their fault or making them question their own reality and and their memories sometimes and, and how they feel. Yeah, that is that is not healthy behavior. Another sign of a toxic relationship is dishonesty and also resentment. So oftentimes I think if people aren't, if they aren't communicating well and, and openly and in a healthy way and there's dishonesty going on, that can also create resentment. And that obviously isn't good because You don't want to have two people resenting their partners and not being honest with each other and communicating well. Obviously, sometimes, you know, your partner might annoy you or you might not be fully charmed by your partner 100% of the time, but there shouldn't be this like constant resentment. Kind of what we just talked about is lack of healthy communication as well as passive aggressiveness. I feel like passive aggressiveness often comes up when there is a lack of healthy communication rather than just saying like what's bothering you kind of being passive aggressive and and then that can also cause the other partner to become passive aggressive or harbor some resentment um if you know so it can the toxicity kind of can can build up on itself so yeah it's just not super healthy dynamic to be in another sign of a toxic relationship is just if it's emotionally draining and the relationship is taking much more from you than it's giving and if you just feel very emotionally depleted from it and the last sign obviously not this isn't like a numbered thing it's just complete random out of order but The last um, sign is if the relationship feels one-sided with one person always compromising, one person investing the most uh, energy and effort into the relationship. It takes two people putting in effort and both investing in it in order for it to be healthy and to work. And this is mainly if there's a pattern of it being one-sided. Like sometimes there might be some days or time periods where either you or your partner can't give the same amount of investment. Maybe instead of 50-50, it's 60-40 or 80-20, but it becomes a problem if it's always 
unbalanced and there's always one person who's who's just not putting in that effort and energy and it's always one-sided so those were some symptoms uh symptoms signs whatever you want to call it of um, toxic relationships and in doing this research i found some definitions of differences between a toxic relationship and an abusive relationship so i wanted to share that with y'all obviously uh so a toxic relationship is an unhealthy relationship um, but they might not be aware of it um, maybe both people trigger each other and deal with it and deal with those triggers in unhealthy ways whereas an abusive relationship is inherently toxic it's already unhealthy but there is an unequal power dynamic in which one person seeks to control their partner through manipulation and abuse, whether this abuse is emotional, physical, or both, they are trying to control every aspect of their life, of their partner's life, that is. And it's very, you know, in, intentional, whereas, as I said, a toxic relationship is unhealthy, but it might just be because of the dynamic between the two of how they trigger each other. There might not be bad intent or intent to control that other person, but they're just not getting along super well. Whereas an abusive relationship, there is that um, that one person who is ex- trying to exert an, an unequal power dynamic in a way that is unsafe uh, to their partner's emotional and physical well-being. They might um, make threats, seek to control and dominate every aspect of their partner's life. They will often isolate their partner from that partner's friends and family. They There's gaslighting involved usually, insulting their partner with malicious intent to diminish their self-worth and self-esteem because they, they don't want their partner to feel good about themselves or try to find someone else. They might say, no one else will want you to try to make you stay in the relationship, but it, it's their goal to kind of make their partner feel like shit about themselves, which is awful, but that way they're they try to make their partner stay feel bad about themselves so they stay in their relationship even though the the relationship is so harmful so difference between toxic and abusive relationship an abusive relationship the best option is to get out and if you don't feel safe leaving that relationship, there are resources. As I said, I'm linking a national domestic violence hotline. Um, You can also just type in www.thehotline.org. It has an online chat, a text number, a calling number, and other resources. You can also work with a therapist to help you get out of an unsafe situation. On the other hand, uh, for toxic relationships that aren't necessarily abusive, they're just, you know, unhealthy. You have every right to leave a toxic relationship. It is totally fine. You do not have to feel guilty about leaving a toxic situation at all. If you do still want, if, if you still want to work on that relationship, it likely will only get better if 
both people are dedicated and open to building a healthier relationship and healthier patterns and putting in the work. Both people have to be invested in that in order for the relationship to grow into a healthier one. Um, It takes self-awareness, it takes vulnerability, and it takes ownership. And whether it's maybe both of you are a bit toxic in your own ways, or if it's one person, like your partner who's being more toxic, they need to actively take genuine steps to grow, not just talk about it and say, oh yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll get better. I'll, I'll work on it, but then never actually show, you know, never actually take action on that. If they're just all talk, but no action, then that's not going to work in the long term for it to become a healthier relationship. Um, They need to learn healthier ways to communicate their needs and also how to be a supportive partner. Um, So yeah, another thing that helps with shifting a toxic relationship to a healthier one is um, shifting from a mindset of blaming to a mindset of understanding. And once again, that comes from both parties. If, If one person's trying to understand, but the other person is still just blaming, 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 of their partner, then that obviously is not going to work. And it makes me think of going back to the definition that the Gottmans had for commitment, which I'll read back again, at least the beginning. They said that commitment is believing and acting on the belief that your relationship with this person is completely your lifelong journey for better or for worse, meaning that if it gets worse, you will both work to improve it. So I think that caveat there about if it gets worse, you will both work to improve it is very important, right? It shows that both people need to be showing up and um, working on that relationship for each other and taking accountability in order for it to work. Yeah, so that is uh, toxic and abusive relationships. Uh, kind of a heavier, heavier subject, but I, as I said, when I heard that, you know, that's your lifelong partner and you have to commit, it's like, well, there, you know, there, there are obviously exceptions to that. And I think that definition that the Gottmans were giving is under the assumption that it is a healthy relationship. But I just wanted to give some examples and warning signs of a not healthy relationship and a reminder that it is totally okay to, to leave a relationship and you don't have to commit if it isn't a safe thing to do, or even if it's something that you don't want to do, if, if maybe it's a completely healthy relationship, but you don't want to commit and that's fine. You just need to communicate that with your partner so they can find someone who does. Okay. That kind of leads us into the next segment, which is the deciding factor is what I'm calling it. And this is kind of that hard question of knowing, and this is, um, you know, under the assumption that your, your relationship is not abusive. It's not inherently toxic. So it's a fairly, you know, it's, it's not an unhealthy relationship, but you're not sure if you should leave the relationship or commit on the relationship because no relationship is going to be perfect. So how do you know, like how, how do you make that call? And so this is a very 
difficult question to answer and set parameters on as it can be different for different people and different relationships. But here's some common ground that I found in, you know, looking stuff up and doing some research on this, not conducting my own research, obviously, this is like internet search research. Um, But going back to that Gottman definition of commitment and what we just talked about with um, making a toxic relationship less toxic is that both people need to be committed to the relationship, working on the relationship and equally invested. Going back to that one-sided thing, like if you want to stay in a relationship, both people have to be invested in it and want it to work. Another thing that's important going back to what we talked about with the deal breakers is aligning on big life things, that compatibility piece. Like if you want or not want kids and what you want for the future and what you want your lifestyle to look like, that is, those are big things, you know, big things that you want for for your life and a life shared with a partner. You have to make sure you align on those, uh, on those big life things. And can't just be one person making all the compromise because that will likely lead to resentment down the line. So aligning on big life things is is important. <laughs> um, another factor in making that decision or call to leave or stay is if the relationship has uh, mutual respect for each other and valuing each other, that is really important in a relationship and having a relationship last over time. And if that, if there isn't much mutual respect and, and like admiration for who that person is as a person and their personality and their values. And, and if you don't align on values or you also don't value each other, then that could be a warning sign that maybe you guys aren't right for each other. And Another thing that I wanted to say is that I think this is especially true when we get into relationships when we're we're younger, is that sometimes we grow and realize that maybe what we thought we needed in a relationship is not actually what we need as we learn more about ourselves. And that is totally okay. There could be nothing wrong with the relationship on paper, but if you realize that this person just isn't it for you or the relationship dynamic just isn't it for you and you're not right for that person and you can both be with people that are more aligned with who you guys are growing into and and who you really are, then it is also okay to leave for that reason. You can have a perfectly healthy relationship and realize that maybe it's just not the best fit and that is okay. And the last thing that I wanted to talk about to kind of leave you on for this segment. I was reading this uh, blog post written by a licensed clinical social worker and she was talking about when to leave a relationship. And I honestly really liked her point and I really liked the way she wrote it. So I'm just gonna read it out loud. She was listing different questions that you you, um, can ask yourself and when that you can ask yourself when trying to decide whether to leave or stay. And one of those questions to ask yourself is, do I like the person I need to be to stay in this relationship? With that, she wrote, 
One of the best reasons to leave a relationship is that your partner doesn't like the sides of you that you love the most. If you feel you have to dim your shine, hide your interests, or suppress your opinions, this isn't the relationship for you. If you try to edit away who you truly are just to be the person your partner wants, you'll slowly lose those parts of yourself. And losing the parts of yourself that you cherish most is a much greater loss than the end of a relationship. So I thought that was such a moving and beautiful point because a lot of times and I feel like in this podcast, we're kind of approaching it as like, oh, the relationship, honoring the relationship, prioritizing the relationship, you know, committing to the relationship, but who you are as a person and honoring, like the relationship, relationships aren't always the most important thing and making sure, you know, like as she says, losing the parts of yourself that you cherish most is a much greater loss than the end of a relationship. And making sure that you like who you are as a person can be, you know, a higher priority than just trying to make a relationship work. Sometimes we do need to put ourselves first in order to make sure that we are able to be uh, a version of ourselves that we love. I was going to say the best version of ourselves, but that that's a lot of pressure. <laughs> um, but you want to be able to, to like yourself as a person. And if your relationship is getting in the way of that, then that, yeah, she says that that's not the relationship for you. And obviously, you know, I don't think this is saying that, you know, you need to find someone who shares all your interests because obviously your partner is not going to have a hundred percent alignment with all of your interests. Uh, that's just not super realistic to expect that of your partner, but Are you able to be your full self and do you feel like you are valued, appreciated, and supported? Do you like the person that you are around them? Are you acting aligned with your values when you're with them? Do you bring out the best in each other? Is there still respect for your interests that maybe aren't shared? And is there space allowed to grow as individuals? I think those are kind of, that's what she's kind of getting at in there. So yeah, I just, I really like that point and I think it's a great reminder. So I wanted to share with all of you. And actually I lied. That was not the last point that I was going to make. I found this other uh, research study that some researchers, psychology researchers did about contemplating breakups, like on people who were contemplating breakups And something that I found that was interesting about their research was they also looked at attachment styles and some advice that they had for specific attachment styles. And so I just kind of wanted to read that out as well. They were saying that for those with an anxious attachment style, when thinking about breaking up, it's uh, recommended that you slow down and tune in with yourself to recognize anxious feelings where they are coming from, and that can help you think a bit more clearly. And then for those with an avoidant attachment style, they were uh, recommending that you consciously pay attention to challenging feelings and concerns, and it's important to do that in spite of emotional discomfort. 
So I thought that was interesting that with both of those, there's this importance of self-awareness of both your feelings and where they're coming from and, and feeling them and sitting with them and how uh, that can help with clarity when it comes to making a decision about whether to stay or leave. And actually, I don't like, I don't like stay or leave. I like commit or, or leave because stay implies kind of passivity. Whereas I think uh, I like the idea of, you know, commitment is you commit to that person. So either you commit or you let them go if it's not, healthy or if it's not aligned with what you think is best for both of you. So yeah, that was a, a lot I kind of threw at you, but I I originally came into this episode with that question in my mind from the Gottman research. And then it just kind of kept growing into more and more like, okay, let's look at deal breakers. Let's look at um, abusive relationships. And oh, there's this difference between abusive and toxic. And what are the warning signs? And how how do you get out of that or grow past that? And and then the actual question I came in with, which was, you know, how do you make that decision, which isn't an easy answer to. So hopefully this episode helped a little bit. It definitely helped me gain more clarity. I feel like I've, in some ways I've realized recently that I don't know if I fully trust myself to be able to tell if I'm in an unhealthy relationship or, or not the best relationship for me. And that has kind of prevented me from getting into more serious relationships. And so I feel like I have a bit more clarity after having done all that research. So hopefully maybe if you're in a similar place or you're in a relationship and you're kind of feeling ambivalent about things, hopefully this can help give you some clarity or even maybe you're in a very healthy relationship, but maybe you're, um, you know, friends with people who maybe aren't, or you can, you know, having this knowledge, hopefully you can help other people as well. I don't know. I'm rambling, but, uh, thank you so much for listening and yeah, keep on buzzing.